Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode... You know, on the business side, I mean, I've been a part of lots of different masterminds or different groups. And and I would say that does change, right? And, and as you grow, as your skill levels grow, as you, uh, you know, you're going to find different groups to, to challenge you in different ways that you haven't been challenged yet, right? And you're, for you to learn things that you haven't learned before. Uh, and so I think on the business side, it's going to change. You're going to find other people, other groups that uh, that you need to kind of move up to, right? Or graduate to, right? So, so you're, you know, eventually you're... Uh, you're not the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah, that's not the place you want to be. So, uh, you know, and you want to help those people, right? And no doubt about it. However, for you to continue to be challenged, I think that's it's, it's going to change, right? The groups that you're spending your time with. You have now entered the entrepreneur circle. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Are you ready to invest in real estate but don't have the time or enough education to do it by yourself? Accountable Equity helps accredited investors who are looking for tax-advantaged investments. So anyone looking for a team of professionals who hold themselves accountable with theirs and your real estate investments, Accountable Equity is your boots-on-the-ground team. Their mission is to bring private offerings to their investors and their clients. With a team of committed and experienced investors themselves, Accountable Equity is always looking for partners to participate in alternative investments which extend beyond publicly traded equities like stocks. Accountable Equity makes alternative passive cash flow possible for more people than ever before in our economy. To find out more, visit AccountableEquity.com. That's AccountableEquity.com. Or look for them on LinkedIn or Facebook. That's AccountableEquity.com or AccountableEquity. That's AccountableEquity, your partner for true passive real estate investments. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most humbled and happy as always host. And with me, like many days, I have a good friend and a dude I've gotten to know, love, and appreciate over time. His name is Whitney Sewell. Welcome to the show, brother. My pleasure, Eric. Honored to be here. Yeah, man. So be- before we get into your story, I want to give the folks at home a little bit of a flavor and foundation for who you are. You are the founder of LifeBridge Capital and LifeBridge Foundation. And LifeBridge is a syndicated multifamily investment firm loves working with investors on how to strategically target multifamily properties. And one of the things I love about it is, uh, you know, obviously, wonderful returns, powerful returns for all the investors involved. Um, But then I love how you have a business model really shaped and molded around one of your passions, which is families, right? And giving 50% or more of the profits to support orphans, 
and adoptive parents and family. So I'm so with you and I'm, and I love your mission in life, bro. And I'm so excited to get into it with you. So let's do this, man. Um, first off, I need to, to, to take the way back machine. And I know you have a background, um, you know, in the military, you have a background as an officer and a special agent and all these things working in, uh, you know, in institutions and, and, and not necessarily corporations, but in team environments where it wasn't necessarily your business yet. So what made the transition for you? Why go from that world to the world that you've built now? You know, initially, Eric, even when I was, when I started in law enforcement, I, I loved working the road. I loved the structure, the discipline, the uniform, the service. However, got married about a year in and my wife, Chelsea and I, I mean, we just passed each other in the hallway the first year of marriage. So I, it was obvious that this is not what is best, you know, that I had to make a change. That's when we got into real estate is around 2009. Uh, but then I also became a federal agent, like you mentioned. Again, I thought, you know what, R real estate is going to be the way to build wealth and passive income. I knew that. However, had the dream of, of being a cowboy since I was like two years old. And, and uh, I started, uh, my wife and I had bought a farm in Virginia. And I was, I, I had like a 15 unit project property that I'd partnered with a, with a friend on and, and was dabbling a little in real estate, but really was focused on my horse training business. I was a professional horse trainer. I was building a brand there and selling horses for more money than I ever imagined. I, I mean, I was doing clinics all over the country and doing lessons and all these things in addition to being a federal agent. And so again, my wife and I, we were at the beach one fall and Eric, we, we were just talking and thinking, you know what, is this, is this what we see for ourselves? Is this what we're going to continue forever? And, you know, like three years from now, you know, is this, are we still going to be doing this? And it was obvious then that it just wasn't worth it. And we had to make a change again. Uh, and so that meant some big decisions and we wanted to do it as fast as we could, and, and but do be smart about it. But what that took was a, a massive level of commitment. And we actually sold our farm. And we sold the house, we sold the farm, and, and we were starting our a third adoption process at the same time as well. And but we knew that it took that level of commitment. And but it was that change. We we wanted my wife to be able to stay at home uh, with our children. And you know, even on the law enforcement salary of what 30, 35 grand a year, worst schedule you can imagine, it was going to be difficult, you know, to say the least. Uh, and even as a federal agent, it was it wasn't going to be extremely easy, but easier than being in a, a police officer. Um, however. We knew that real estate was the path and to create wealth, even training horses, as much money as I could make there, I was making pretty good money doing that, but it was always going to require me to be there. Always going, you know, people wanted Whitney to train their horse or Whitney to give them the lesson. And that wasn't going to change, not easily anyway. Um, and so when, when I finally realized that it was like, okay, again, this is not what's best. We're going to have to cut this off for at least a time period. Uh, yeah, and so we can focus on the most important things. Uh, and that's what we did. We sold everything, transitioned to commercial real estate as hard as we could go. Wow. So so you were running a business where you were the horse trainer, you were selling this running clinics. And so so you were you were dabbling, you were doing a lot of things and also had a nine to five. Uh, but what introduced real estate investing to you? Like, how did you get into the mindset and jump into that sort of risky territory? So in 2008-ish, 9-ish, I, I didn't know anything about the big crash, the, you know, the thing everybody talks about that happened then. I, I mean, I was making $30,000 a year. It didn't affect me. You know, I, I didn't realize all that, all that was happening at that time. However, 
you know, I was on search on a search then for some other way to supplement my income. And that's just doing searches around that. Well, obviously real estate came up and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, that seems to make a lot of sense. And really I learned that, you know, it's not like one or two people have built wealth in real estate. <laughs> you know, it's like hundreds of thousands of people have built wealth in real estate. And it was as simple as if, if all of those people can do it, I can do something, right? I can do something. I, I can, you know, I can at least add supplement something to my police officer income so we can, you know, live better than 30 grand a year, you know, uh, and working just crazy hours. Uh, I didn't realize at the time where we'd be now, of course, but, you know, fast forwarding many years, even when I was in the horse training and stuff, again, it was like, okay, I actually went to a conference, the first conference I'd ever been to around real estate. And again, I I started meeting people who were they'd only been in the business a year or two, but they were buying 100 unit, 200 unit buildings. I'm like, this is crazy. How can they do this? You know, I always thought that would have been, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. You know, I didn't know who those guys were that could do that. But again, my eyes were open, Derek, to, you know, what if, if that, if they can do it, I can do it too. I've just got to figure out how to get there. And that led me on a, just a search of, of trying to make it happen. Yeah, I love this, Ben. So let's 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 dive a little bit into your sort of state of mind during that time. Like you, so you're 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 doing searches. You find real estate investing is 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 probably a viable option for you. How did you bring up this conversation during that time with Chelsea? Like, what were the back and forth conversations? Was she on board right away, or did it take some convincing? That is a great question. Uh, and so I should, I should actually, she just walked by the window. She's with the kids outside. She was smiling at me. And I, I was just, you know, thinking about that time, you know, many years ago. Um, so she was raised in a household that, you know what, play it safe, right? Uh, don't do anything risky. Get, you know, the college degree, the good J-O-B, you know, that's the secure thing. That's the path you want to take. Um, and, and And actually, you know, did... The family did fairly well at investing in stocks, that type of thing, until the big 2008 thing, right? Uh, personally, myself received no financial training whatsoever, and actually horrible modeling, you know, for me as a as a young youngster, uh, you know, as far as what to do with money. Just, no, I mean, no training at all. And so when we got married, um, you know, it's like I have no financial training, and and at least she's like, okay, we can't spend anything, we can't, you know. Well, you know, okay, well, that's not the safest thing to do. No, we shouldn't do that. You know, like, yeah. you know, so, however, somebody introduced her, gave her the book, uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University book. We read that at like six months within our, you know, beginning of our marriage. That really opened our eyes to so many things around money. Uh, we didn't know those things. We didn't even think that way. You know, immediately we were like paying off debt as fast as we could. And all of a sudden, you know, we had no debt. You know, I mean, we were just like so gung ho on this. And then, it was about a year after that, that, that the real estate thing came, maybe six months after that, that the real estate thing came in and, and, and I approached her about it. And somehow we, we agreed to purchase these two triplexes. And again, we were like a year and a half into our marriage and we were living, to give you a little more context, we had bought a house that we, I was remodeling myself. And while we lived in it, my poor bride was washing dishes in the bathtub way too long. Uh, longer than I would like to admit. And I'm also managing these these two triplexes. We called them the apartments. I say that word now and, and Chelsea's just like, oh Lord. You know, just like <laughs> the stress level at the time on my new marriage and, and bride, uh, uh, you know, was way too much. But, uh, but, you know, she was on board about the real estate thing and how that could build wealth. However, all of a sudden, you know, mentally, I am just 
drained by this apartment, these apartments, and I'm trying to self-manage them and keep them rented. And, you know, somebody else moves out or this person hasn't paid or this AC unit's gone out. Or, I mean, it was just something all the time. I did not do proper due diligence, paid too much, you know, just like some basic things that, you know, any rookie, most rookies make. Um, and and we, we were able to sell them, but still, uh, she was on board then. And then, so I was surprised a few years later when I started hitting it much harder uh, that she was as on board as she was. But, uh, you know, our marriage was much different than our abilities were much different than our confidence in real estate and just each other really uh, was, was, was much further along. I love the story, man. I love you. I love how you painted the picture, you know, <laughs> washing the dishes in the bathtub. I mean, wow. Talk about support and love right there. So Talk a bit about some of the key things that happened during those moments, you know, outside of like, okay, the passion and the desire to do something bigger and better, you know, you know, yes, increase your salary, but also this mission that you're on and also your, your family's mission and legacy. And then sort of the things that helped you succeed along the way, was there anyone specifically or group specifically that sort of helped you move forward during those times? Hmm. You know, when, I mean, I did have a mentor, uh, of course, uh, you know, when I, when we sold the farm, I knew that I needed a mentor. Uh, there's many things that I, I did to ensure the best I could that I was hiring the right person. And that was crucial. That's been crucial in numerous places in my journey to where we're at now, different times where I, you know, needed some confidence or guidance, even if it seemed big to me, it was pretty minuscule, maybe at the time, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but, but that person in my corner that could just say, hey, why don't you do this? Or why would you do that? Or asking that simple question that was so crucial. Um, so that was no doubt a big game changer, having that mentor, I mean, for Chelsea and I personally, our church family has has just been amazing. You know, through our adoption, horrible, just roller coasters of the adoption process, uh, three times, uh, four times really, but uh, and through a failed placement, uh, and having them, you know, around us and them mentoring us as well. Uh, just not in business, but I mean, just as couples and uh, you know, as husband and wife and as parents, and and those things have also been crucial. Yeah, I love that. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Your life growing up, you know, as a child into, you know, middle and and an adult and teenage life, uh, was the idea of having a mentor sort of something that you were familiar with or was, you know, that concept new that you also had to sort of adopt into your mindset? I I had no idea about that growing up. I would have never dreamed of it. I mean, I grew up in a town that had one stoplight. People don't leave there too often. 
you know, like, (laughs) I mean, they really have the blinders on. That's, it's very uncomfortable for them to leave this little bitty town of 2000 people, you know? Uh, And so, uh, you know, that's one thing the military helped me with and numerous things that I did help me to see there's a bigger world out there and and be exposed to many things. Uh, But having a mentor was not one of those things. Uh, I mean, and at that time, I even, you know, I look back now and it didn't cost very much. But at the time, I, it was a lot of money for us. And I really contemplated whether we should do it or not. And and, and now, obviously, it's a no-brainer. Uh, but at the time, it, it's question, it was questionable, you know, whether we should move forward. That's one thing Chelsea questioned, too. And I did, too. You know, it's like, well, should we spend this money? We're fixing to start another adoption process. There's another 50 grand, potentially. You know, where's this going to come from? All those things. And but now, uh, you know, that that thought process has grown a lot. I mean, I, I mentor people now and I have many mentors personally, you know, for different things. You know, I've had speaking coaches and real estate coaches and, you know, different different things. Yeah, yeah. It, I relate to you so much on that level because we went down the same path, exactly the same, you know, searched for options, <laughs> uh, found real estate versus stock. And then, yeah hired a mentor, hired a coach, joined a group. And then, yeah. And then eventually we created podcasts, right? It's, it's, it's so funny. Our paths are so similar. Um, And those conversations that you're having with your wife, you know, very similar. How, how critical is it to have, you know, you you mentioned your church family and, and, and your family and your, and your wife, how, how critical would you say it is to, to continue that like once you found a group, I mean, is it a rotating sort of group for you or do you stick with the same group, you know, day in, month in and out, year around year? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah. So you have to be, I mean, who you're surrounded with is, is so crucially important, right? Uh, and our our church family hasn't changed through the entire process. They, they're they just amazing. It's one we could live anywhere in the country, even the world if we wanted to now, but we we choose to stay here because of that church family. Uh, and so that hasn't changed. They've been amazing uh, just support. Uh, and uh, however, you know, on the business side, I mean, I've been a part of lots of different masterminds or different groups. And, and I would say that does change, right? And, and as you grow, as your skill levels grow, as you, uh, you know, you're going to find different groups to, to challenge you in different ways that you haven't been challenged yet, right? And you're, for you to learn things that you haven't learned before. Uh, and so I think on the business side, it's going to change. You're going to find other people, other groups that, uh, that, you need to kind of move up to, right? Or graduate to, right? So, so you're, you know, eventually you're, uh, you're not the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah, that's not the place you want to be. So, uh, you know, and you want to help those people, right? And no doubt about it. However, for you to continue to be challenged, I think that's, it's, it's going to change, right? The groups that you're spending your time with. Yeah, I love that, man. So I've seen you, you know, over the years, you know, from where you were to where you are, you know, in, during the process and where you are currently, you know, just to give people some perspective, you have, I, I believe, over $150 million under management, uh, you know, in real estate, uh, you know, that's massive, you know, compared to literally when I remember you starting, you and I had met, I think your podcast was relatively new as well, even though you probably had hundreds of episodes because <laughs> you do them daily, but it's, um, it's amazing to watch and it's super inspirational. Can you please share like with me and with the, the community here, what drives you? Like what gets you up every day? What's what's the passion that continues you down this path? So like, I know there's good and bad days, right? We're all human, but how do you get through it all? 
Yeah, it's only the Lord, no doubt about it, sustaining us. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, through the couple of years of just chaos, Eric, I mean, it was only the Lord, uh, you know, of just working full time, daily podcasts, doing deals, traveling a lot. I mean, it was just all I could do to keep up, uh, to say the least. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, our big mission, our big why, that is always something that's pushing my wife and I. And it's interesting, our conversation earlier, uh, you know, and thinking back to that time period, even at the conference where I was just speaking at where, where you were helping host, uh, you know, one of the big things to talk about is, is a big fight that Chelsea and I had very early on. And it's like, we're, you know, we're in that house, right? We're, re- I'm remodeling the house. And, and I say, you know, there was a good deal, right? There was a good deal and I bought it. And, and she was very upset because I spent her money too, right? And we didn't talk about it. Okay. And it was a great deal. And of course, everybody thinks it's real estate, but actually it was just a $250 weed eater. <laughs> so and we laugh about that so much now, you know, however, what I say is we were not on the same mission. We were not going the same direction financially. We were not thinking through all those things together. Um, and now it's very different. And now we have a mission and now we have a direction we're going. And a lot of, and obviously that's helping families through the adoption process. Uh, you know, we've seen the struggles firsthand or had those struggles. And, you know, considering it can cost 40 to 60 grand to bring a child home to adoption, most families will say, Whitney, that's more than I'm making a year. They won't even start the process. As horrible as that is, I mean, there's 150 million orphans in the world or more. Um, however, it's not their fault. And so I just encourage families to uh, to start the process and, hey, we'll help you with fundraising. We'll help you financially as well. Uh, but that, that encouraged us to start the LifeBridge Foundation. Uh, and so that that foundation is there just to assist families financially, even help them through some fundraising stuff. But we do that through LifeBridge Capital, you know, our syndication business. It's amazing, man. Yeah. That that is such a powerful mission, brother. Uh, it just moves me so much. Uh, my my oldest sister just adopted uh, wow. a baby. Yeah. So I, I understand. I mean, yes, the 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 hurdles and the struggles uh, to get there are massive. But once you're there, man, you, the look on her face. I don't want to get emotional, but just oh, so worth the it. Joy. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Just so worth it. So I'm getting chills. Just so worth it. So thank you for doing that for people. And I, I, I want to know more. So how my, my brain is spinning, you know, my marketing hat is on. I'm like, how, how do you get the word out to people? Because, right, we all have limiting beliefs. We, we, we have struggles and we don't realize there are options out there. And we don't know uh, that, that, that something that you're doing is available. How do they find out that this exists? How to how to who find out? Uh, parents who who want to adopt and yeah. and grow their family. Yeah, how do they know that there's actually something like this that could help? Yeah, and that's it's difficult, right? I mean, to even get in front of those those families. Uh, but one way we've done that is there's a consulting group that they just help families through the adoption process. We've used them for a couple adoptions, and they've been amazing. But we connected with them to say, hey, do you have families who have a great need? You know, like you know, maybe some specific situations that we can partner with them on. Mm-hmm. And so that, amongst some other foundations who are uh, focused around adoption in different ways, uh, you know, we've connected with them to say, hey, here's our mission. Here's Here's what we're looking to do. If you have some families, you know, that truly need some help, you know, we would love to, uh, to talk to them or them, you know, they can go to our website, the Life Bridge Foundation, uh, and they can apply and then we connect and we have a, a board that, you know, prays about that, their application and connects with them and learn, learns more about them and, and, tr- and tries to help. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that makes sense now. Because <laughs> I was wondering, like, how do how how do we just blast it out there? How do we get everyone to understand and be aware uh, that that this option could potentially be available for them? So yeah, it, it makes sense to find strategic partners that are talking to the people that need you, uh, and then just letting them know, I'm like, oh, okay, is this doesn't seem feasible to you? There's you know there's options. You can you can get some help here, and that's that's fantastic. Um, so. Before we wind down and, and we get people to understand and know how they can reach out to you and, and, and potentially partner with you, I do want to get this part of the show out, uh, which I like to call the F word. And the F word being your vulnerable moment, you know, you sharing a lesson of the big F, you know, failure. A lot of people think that that's a terrible thing, but uh, what lessons have you learned through something that you may have failed? It's interesting. I am part of another group now that I joined uh, just towards the end of last year. And one a bracelet they gave out recently, uh, it, and I, I'm wearing it right now, and it says, pursue discomfort. And to most people, that would be like, why in the world would you do that, right? Why, why would you do that? However, let me tell you, a few years ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Somebody mentioned hosting a podcast. I'm like, are you crazy? I, I'm not going to talk into a microphone, <laughs> you know? And, and now, you know, speaking in front of lots of people, I just never imagined, but it, it I had to get uncomfortable, right? Uh, and so I, along that path, there's many failures. I would say the first many shows are almost a failure, just, you know, the uh, being nervous and trying to make it happen, all that. But I would go back even more and even to those triplexes um, that I was talking about. I always talk like that, that was almost one of my, Big failures there that could have been uh, astronomically worse than it turned out. But um, one thing that I re regret about that is the time, the mental time that it took from me from my new marriage and that I can't get back. You know, just that component that it it took. And I, I that's a that's a horrible part of that. But but that many lessons were learned from that experience, even the remodel, even for our marriage, all those things that have just pushed us much stronger many years in the future, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was a big strain at the time we had even moved. I was still managing them, you know, from seven or eight hours away for like two years before we could sell them. Uh, and that was a disaster, uh, but still learned a lot. And, and we've been so much stronger because of it. Wow. Yeah. Again, man, I relate to that, that, that period of your life, you know, getting businesses started up and my wife just having complete faith that I could make it, you know, work and succeed. And yeah. um, I wish I had known then what I've discovered only recently, bro, this weekend, literally, I, I can't stop talking about this. The Untethered Soul is a book by this guy, Michael A. Singer. And it really just, in relation to what you just said, talks about how we need to be present in the moment and stop mm. the chatter, this voice that's constantly telling you, oh, did you send that email? Oh, did I, did, did I do that? Did, did I shut the stove off? You know, and, and meanwhile, you're in a beautiful moment walking through the, you know, uh, you know, the woods with your kids or your wife, and you don't even notice the sun because you're too caught up in your thoughts. And this book gave me permission, Whitney, to just like say, quiet, stop talking to me. I'm, I need to appreciate life and what's happening because in those moments, and I, I want to share something that happened with me and, and I'm sure you can relate during those moments. You said you used to drive hours to your, to your, to your tenants. I remember having a moment. I'm, I won't give the gory details, but I broke down, bro. Like fell to my knees crying because I was like, what did I do? This is a big mistake. I'm, I, I'm just exhausted. 
really it's like lack of sleep that often can do that. You know, if you break down like that, it's just lack of sleep. And my wife was there, you know, and, and, and she, she understood. She's like, you're going to get through it. You're doing the right thing. Just keep, just plow through it, plow through it. And it's a moment, right? It all passed. This too shall pass. So anyway, um, there's so many things out there, right? That, that we know or think, man, I could have done that differently, but we needed it, right? We needed it to become who the heck we are now. Right. Yeah. So Whitney, I'm sure people love and appreciate you as much as I do at this point uh, during our conversation. And when they want to reach out to you and they want to get behind you and your mission and support, what's the best ways they can reach out to you? lifebridgecapital.com. They can email me, Whitney, at lifebridgecapital.com, or you can call or text 540-585-4338. Happy to help. Wow. That's awesome, brother. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you one little fun question here because I know I've seen you on stage many times, but these events don't play music when you're hitting the stage. If they did, what song would be blasting over the loudspeakers as you ran to the stage? That's a hard question. <laughs> I, don't have any idea. I should have had you prepared. I should have had you prepared. Something, any, what's something the first thing? intense, something, uh, something very upbeat, something very intense. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. do not know what that would It's be. good. Think, you think about that later. Get back to me. But um, yeah, because I'll make sure that, you know, when you hit the stage and I'm there, I'll make sure it happens. But uh, dude, I appreciate awesome. you so much, man. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story and your passion with uh, the audience here. And I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.